What's going on, guys? I'm Steve, and this is BSR. Alex is not with us uh, again this week. Guy is a very, very busy man. But with me, as always, you know him. He's the dude. He's the reason this show even exists and is what it is. He's the man that keeps Alex and I on point, keeps our feelings in check. It's the one, it's the only Cisco kid. What's up, y'all? I'm the human uh, stress ball over here. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea what <laughs> I was saying in that intro. Um, Squeeze me with your stress. Yes, though. with my stress. No, you know what it is? Alex and I, we're sensitive. We're emotional. <laughs> um, we let the internet affect us. We let stupid things affect us that shouldn't. And then we talk to Cisco and Cisco tells us how it is and usually makes us feel better in the same breath, but also is like straight up and real and puts it into just a beautiful context. Every time I try to be a, a living everyday woosa for everybody that I come usa, across. Usa. Usa. I rub your ears if I was there. Uh, speaking of which, Bad Boys 3 was the last movie I saw in movie theaters. What was the last movie you saw in movie theaters? Um, I don't even remember. Did you see Bad Boys 3 in theaters? Nope. All right. All right. Maybe it'll come to you. Maybe it'll come to you. So this month is the theme of March Madness. You know, uh, we're talking about, you know, in our midnight movie clubs, we're talking about movies that have to do with basketball and or college. If you haven't checked them out, I highly suggest you go back and check out our white man can't jump. And even more importantly, our school days with our special guest MERS. And if you also didn't check out, check out that star Wars special we did with him. I still can't believe that dude was on our show. Oh yeah crushed it um crushed it um yeah i'm still like wow that happened um good response to that uh those episodes i'm really appreciative of mers and uh if you're here because you listen to the mers school days or anything like that alex was not lying we are not only were we a mediocre star wars podcast we are still a mediocre uh pop culture podcast and i don't think we're ever going to get as cool as having mers on the show but we're going to try <laughs> and we're really appreciative of you guys being here uh if you could subscribe to us wherever you're getting the the podcast uh leave us a review or a i don't know if you can rate us or i don't know Tell, just just be nice. Just be nice. Uh, Cisco, how was your week? It was pretty good, man. I uh, I watched some movies. Oh, lay it on me. What'd you watch? What'd you watch? Give me, give me. Well, give we're going to talk about one later, but I also watched, um, I watched a movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot. Cannot recommend, recommend this movie enough. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, Isn't it one of those it, ones that some, sticks with you? Yeah, I mean it's got some it's got some moments that I'm not like I don't love, but you know, I was very entertained by it. And it was it wasn't a movie that was on my radar at all. It was something that I happened to come down and my wife was watching and I was like, what is this? And uh she was like, Oh, you know, um she won an award for this movie, and I was like, Oh, really? And or Golden Globe, I guess. Rosamund Pike. And, Yes, Rosamund Pike, the the actress from Gone Girl. Um, and 
I was like, okay, looks interesting. And I was like, oh, this is the movie. Like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I don't know how much I like this. And then, um, same. And then, uh, my boy, my favorite, good old, uh, Peter Dinklage. Peter, Peter Dinklage. Bro, shows you and I up. had the same experience with this movie. <laughs> And then the movie took a whole tur- different turn for me. And I was like, and I actually really like the actress who plays Peter Dinklage's mom in the movie. Um, well, spoiler alert, obviously, for anybody who's... Uh, Diane Weiss. Yes. The mom uh, from Lost I, Boys I, I w- Parenthood. I always think of her as the mom from Parenthood, but then my wife reminded me that she's also the mom from Edward Scissorhands, which is like right. arguably much better. <laughs> Not even arguably. It's like... All three great other- moms. I mean, uh, she's has anyone a had mom. a better run as a, playing a mom in movies? And now with this one, I don't know. I couldn't think of one. <laughs> I mean, the mom in Lost Boys, the mom in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. I mean, the mom in Parenthood. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a good run as a mom. Let me tell you, Diane Weiss. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, just to answer your question from a while ago, to, uh, just circle back. I think the last movie I saw in theaters uh, prior to the pandemic was The Rise of Skywalker. So. Oh, Wow. Um, You've, it's been even longer for you. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the movie I care a lot is actually it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, lots of twists and turns and crazy shit going on. Yeah, this um, is definitely a movie that um, I had the same sort of scenario. Amber sort of put it on, and I was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "I don't." I was like, "I don't like her." Yeah, I don't like her. Like she's really good in this, and I can't stop watching. But like, I don't like this. This is not especially because I had like older grandparents that had like Alzheimer's and, 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 and dementia and, and in home and, and ended up having to be in a home like that. I was just like, I don't, uh, disgusting. Like it's one of those things where it's like, it, because it's, it's very in vogue to have a character like Roseman Pike's character, um, be unlikable and be the lead of a movie and then sort of be sympathetic with, right. That's just sort of been kind of very for the last, I guess, yeah. 15 years of, especially in television, that's been a big thing. Um, but yeah, I guess that's I, one of the things about this movie is that there's actually no sympathetic characters. Uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's one likable character in the entire movie. To be honest with you, not not in the sense that like they don't give good performances and that the, they aren't not good entertaining act, actors and actresses, but like there are no characters that you're like, I want to see this person win. I no, I'm not gonna lie. I was rooting heavily against Roseman Pike, and then I was rooting heavily for for Diane Weiss to get her phone and get out of there. I was rooting for her in a way, yeah. But also, you're also thinking like, well, yeah, because you're rooting against Roseman Pike the entire movie, right? And but you know, at the same time, like Peter Dinklage is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, there's two things Amber pointed out to me that I thought was really interesting. Amber, even though, um. Roseman Pike's character is not likable for Amber as a woman. She really loved the fact that like she was so unapologetic and like she was not, she was going to win at all costs and she was going to do it her way. No matter what she loved the fact that like um, the, her lesbian relationship was not like, it it didn't define her. It wasn't like, I think I liked her the most, the girlfriend, the girlfriend. Yeah. She's from um, baby driver, baby driver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eliza Gonzalez, I think is her name. I forget. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I think that's her name. Um, but Amber really liked the fact that like that wasn't a character trait. That wasn't like it didn't define who she was as a character, right? Um, well, 
I understand, and I and I think that there is something to the fact that she is a very strong female character, right? right. Unapolog- unapologetically, she's still despicable, so, but she's despicable. Yeah, but Amber made the point. If she was like, if she was like on Wall Street, fucking over like the Wolf of Wall Street, I'd be like, dude, right. girl, go for it all day long. Right, get it. I think that's a great recommendation. I think you know, I think if you haven't seen it, go check it out on Netflix. It's a good weekend watch. Um, uh-huh. Cisco, I also, I also. Half watched Raya. <laughs> we uh, we did a little watch party to watch Raya, and then uh, halfway through the movie, our youngest uh, needed a nap, okay. and so I took her for a car ride, and she slept. So I missed the second half of the movie, but uh, the first half of the movie, I dug a whole lot. Okay, I've also been going through my Cobra Kai watch. Okay, how are we doing? I am a little over halfway through. I think there's might be like three or four episodes left. Okay. Um, okay. I am. This is my favorite season so far. Okay, hands down. I think that the the show has gotten the, the season three. They have found their rhythm in a way that um, the first two seasons there's a lot of like ups and downs as far as the, the episodes that I like and stuff like that. But this so so far, I love everything. This is the most emotional that I've gotten throughout the entire show. This oh season. really? Oh, big time. When Daniel's in. Okinawa. <laughs> I knew you were going to love that. Holy shit, dude. I got like super emotional when all of that stuff with him and Kumiko and chosen um, and, and the Mr. Miyagi stuff. And so I, yeah, that's gotten to me. And then Sam's character is a character that I haven't been a huge fan of, like for the right. first two seasons. She's like, she's fine. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's like a, a, an, a, integral part of the show but like i i haven't been like totally invested in her but this season i i am very right. much so. i like, think i think that she's going through is really interesting well and i think as an actor she's definitely stepped up her game this season yeah I she's think, been really good I think she's doing the work miguel obviously is killing it johnny's killing it um my favorite line of the entire show happens in the season in an episode that i just watched <laughs> and it's so dumb but it's uh Spoiler for anybody who hasn't watched Cobra Kai season three, stop listening right now. Um, you finished it, right? Yeah, I finished it. Okay. So Johnny is uh, starting his new dojo in the park and uh, <laughs> he, he announces the name to the, uh, to the students, <laughs> Eagle Fang Dojo. <laughs> and the kid goes, Sensei, eagles don't have fangs. <laughs> and I just started dying. <laughs> I, I was laughing so hard. Because <laughs> I actually didn't even think about it when he said eagle fang and he showed the picture. I was just like, okay, eagle fang dojo. And then when he says, yeah, but Sensei, eagles don't have fangs. <laughs> I was, dude, I started laughing so hard. I had to pause the movie, the show. So what was the last episode you watched? Was that it? I think it was that one. Yeah. Okay. Where, uh, okay. Well, I'm excited. Comes in. I'm excited excited for the text message that will come in okay there will be a text message that comes in from you um <laughs> that i'm excited to 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 see your excitement of um you know i i think i've said this on the show before i've for sure said it to you and alex before but uh karate kid part two i think is my favorite of the karate kid series right uh, i obviously love the first one and yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with that movie at all but two is the one that I I think I circle back to the most. It's the one that I enjoy the most. I think Kumiko is a far more interesting character than Ali ever was. Um, is, 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 are you caught up to the point where is, is, is Daniel's son still in 
Okinawa or is he back no, in he's the back. States? He's back he's in back. the States? Okay. Yeah, he did so, that whole fishing thing with Sam. So did you trip out on the uh, it's the it's the same actress that played the little girl he saves? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was the same actress. It's the same actress. The same and she's never oh, done wow. really anything since then. That's pretty awesome. See, I love those little kind of nods, man. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I loved uh Tamala Tomita, I think is her name, the actress that plays Kumiko. Yeah. We actually met her um, br- very briefly in San Diego one year. Um, I went down with my buddies for a film festival that they were uh, taking part in. She, I think, was hosting something that we went to. And we got to oh, just wow. like shake hands with her, and she's super nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, Cobra Kai season three. Love it. Okay. Recommend it. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, just real quick. Um, How about you, man? What have you been up to this week? Um. Uh, <sighs> Busy, busy, busy um, with work and everything, but I definitely watched a lot of stuff. We're going to get into one of the things we watched, but I, a couple months ago, I had tried to watch Ted Lasso. Okay. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't think I was really paying attention. I don't really remember, but I just, I couldn't get into it. And then over the last couple of months, it's just like the popularity, the tweets, the this, the that. Even Alex was like, dude, it's really good. And you know, Alex, like if Alex says a comedy is good, it's it's hard for Alex to... Uh, you know he likes comedy and stuff but like he's he's very critical with comedy um mm-hmm. and so when he is really into something it was like man I should, maybe i should take a second look anyways uh i started it back up again and i gotta tell you and then it started winning awards obviously but um the hype is real the hype is well deserved um it's a very great show for one especially in the fact that you know i, I i'm not always the most positive guy and the Ted Lasso character, no matter what is thrown at him, he's always reacting with such a level of joyfulness and positivity, no matter what, in a weirdly realistic way. Okay. That it's very endearing and has a lot of heart, while there's also a lot of great lines and th- like smart throwaways and stuff. And it, it, there's one line where a soccer player is leaving the the into the parking lot from the locker room of this professional sports league in England. And Ted Lasso is the American coach. And he, the, the guy basically says cheers as he's walking out away. Right. Very British thing to say. Mm-hmm. And Ted Lasso just throws away a line. And he goes, eh, good times. <laughs> and it's just so like, it's such a, like the double entendre of them saying goodbye to each other, but at the same time being like, no, nope, good times is a better 80 sitcom. Like it, it's yeah. that kind of humor. Um, yeah, yeah. so I really recommend Ted Lasso. Um, all right. So this month it's a, you know, it's, it's a different month for the BSR. We're doing the old, uh, March madness, college football, this and that. Uh, so Cisco, I want to ask you a question, uh, and then we're going to hit the music and we're going to have a quick little convo and then we'll get into some news. So, Hey Cisco. Hey Steve. What's your Major. Hey, Cisco. Hey, Steve. So I went to junior college. You went to real college. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, I think we had the same major, kind of, although I didn't really even have a major. I just spent like five years in junior college doing all the film classes and theater and television studio work while not doing any of my normal classes. And I don't, I didn't even get my AA. So that was my college experience. Uh, you went to real college. 
What was your major? Uh, okay, well, I, I did go to a university. <laughs> I went to Cal State LA. Um, I had an interesting journey in college, actually. So it's kind of a complicated answer. I I gradu- graduated after six years. I initially went in undecided, but with um, the intention of being a bio major. Um, my ultimate goal was to go to medical school and become an orthopedic surgeon. Um, really? Yes. I did not know so, this about you. Yeah, that was Is this my why goal. you're a sneakerhead? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, does that it has serve a, an, That has much deeper roots. Does it serve an orthopedic function? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, so that was my goal. I... Uh, for two years, I was undecided, but was taking bio classes. Um, then changed my, then obviously um, declared my major to be biology, um, pre med biology, and um, did another two years of that, and then started hitting some classes that I just I couldn't hang with. And to be honest with you, I just was having too much fun <laughs> in college. I was like not taking my studies as seriously as I should have. Um, what do you think that is with it's, I mean, it's the trappings of anyone of that age. Right. But mm-hmm. what is it about? Cause, cause as someone who went to junior college and I know that it's probably an obvious answer, but as someone who went to like the JC while everyone like either went like right away out of high school to their four year, I saw so many people within those first two years drop out and come back because in my opinion, it was like their first time away from home no responsibilities, no one telling them what to do. And they just go buck wild and just, you know, come back home. And then it's like two years of the JC and then go back to university or something like that. But what is it about college that regardless if you go to a four-year university, you go to a junior college, you go whatever, what is it about that? That like, you know, everyone's having a little too much fun. Yeah. I think that all those things are, are reasons why I think, um, but to answer your question personally, from my perspective, I just, I lacked the discipline. I always did. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of a, sort of a wild, um, goal to set for myself at the time, because I never really had that discipline, even through high school. Like I just, I never dedicated enough time to my studies. I did. Okay. I was always like sort of lucky enough to be able to do okay with like a sort of, middling sort of effort, <laughs> you know, and, and I was able to get through that way. Um, but that shit didn't fly when I got to, to college and, you know, starting to get into like the higher level stuff, you definitely have to be able to apply yourself more than I, I did and was willing to. And so I got to a point where it was like, this probably isn't going to be the thing that I'm going to end up doing. So let me figure out something else. So I started taking some different classes and my, my two options that I was planning for myself was I was either going to be an English major or um, a broadcasting television and film major. And so I started taking classes in both. And obviously with my love for cinema and, and um, entertainment in general, I, I ended up kind of falling into the television and film world and, and I don't regret it at all. I'm so glad that that ended up happening. Um, was there a moment? Friends. Was there a moment that you can remember? A specific moment that you can remember that influenced that decision to make that change was, and go? You know what? I'm going to do this. Okay, so I took some creative writing classes, um, and then I also took some 
I forget what they were, but they were like basically like a film appreciation kind of thing. And th- those ones appealed to me much more. And I was just like, I found myself applying myself in a different way than I was even for the creative writing stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is what I, what I like doing. And then once we started getting into the actual like studio production side of it, you know, we had like a, a, a studio built on on campus that we would um, do like three camera things um, and we would film and direct and do all, all the different roles that you're supposed to do. So that all, all that stuff really apply, uh, appealed to me. And, um, and, I found myself dedicating myself more. So I, I found myself like not screwing around as much as I used to, which is like hanging out in the, in the game room and um, hanging out with my buddies in front of the student union, just kind of like, wait, you weren't playing craps. No, I wasn't doing that anymore. I had stopped working at that job. I had a different job at that time. <laughs> um, and that's another thing that, that also I, that influenced a lot of the, my decisions going at that time, which was, I had a job working for a nonprofit on campus. Um, and we worked with at-risk youth in the communities surrounding the university. And so I was working with these kids from the, the, the communities around my school and helping them, um, get into college and then working with them to assist them as through their, their, uh, journey, their educational journey. So, for two years I did that. And, um, you know, that obviously also shaped my sort of worldview going forward as well. So a lot of kind of, um, monumental things were happening for me, just kind of like live life wise, mental wise, um, education wise, that all kind of like happened at the right time. And, um, see, I feel like, I feel like everything you described to me, and I had similar experiences with my experience at that age and doing junior college. And I think that to me, that experience is more important than the the experience of um, you went to you went to college. You said you were going to do this degree. You went for four years. You got out. You did it. Boom. Like I feel like so many people. I feel like are similar to your story, my story. Um, in the sense that it's really the time that you find yourself and you figure out what it is you want to do if you're lucky, right? If you're lucky, you, you, it goes one of two ways. And, um, I don't know. I think that, that, that your story of, of sort of finding yourself, figuring out what you want to do, um, is, is much more valuable, uh, in life. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I do have to say about that, though, is that at the time, so this was 1995, 96 to 2001 was my my time in college. The cost of going to university at that time was so much different. I left my college experience with no debt. I was going to say, what was it, like 13 bucks a unit? Uh, I forget. It was like 600. We, our school was, um, our school was a quarter system. It wasn't semester. Gotcha. So I, uh, I think there were like three or I think it was like 400 bucks a quarter for a full, full, full full-time student, which would be like 12 units a a quarter. Um, so my parents and I, I had this sort of deal, which was because I was, um, 
I was commuting to school. I didn't, I didn't live on campus or whatever. I lived at, I lived at home sort of, I lived with my grandfather, but, um, we, my parents and I made this deal, which was like, listen, my dad, my dad was like, we'll buy you, we'll either buy you a car that'll get you to and from school or we'll pay for your tuition. And you know, either one of those things you're going to have to pay for. And I was like, okay. So I said, all right. And I had a job. I, so I, I had a job on campus. I had been working actually since I got my license. So I had already right. been working since I was like 16 years old, but, um, I got a job right away working on campus and it was like a student assistant job, which worked around my, my, uh, my schedule and stuff. And it paid decently. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pay for my car. I'll pay for my, my, uh, my car loan. And then my dad was like, okay, well, we'll pay for your tuition. So we did that. And it was, um, so I ended up leaving my basically with, with no debt, which was basically like my only debt was my car note, which wasn't bad. So, that being said, I it, I was lucky that the cost of tuition at that time was so much more affordable. What it is now is so insane it's that crazy. like if you don't get out in four years, like don't even go to college. Right. You know what I mean? Or like I, I don't even there's think no, there's no there's no fight. It's not affordable to go find yourself. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. At this point, if you're if your goal is to go to college to get a degree, you can't screw around to finding yourself anymore. Like, right. you know, obviously that's part of your uh, people growing up, you know, that's, that's going to happen in your life anyway, but you can't dawdle in college anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, not with the expense that it is now. Like, yeah. you know, you know, my, my wife, because she's, she has, um, pursued higher education in a different way. And, you know, um, was very focused, you know, she, she has student debt that she's working off right now, but you know, that was all towards something. It was towards a goal. It wasn't like her just being like, uh, maybe I'll try this major out. Maybe I'll try this major out. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit wasn't going on. So, um, so, you know, I think there is part of the importance is finding what you want to do with your life. Yes. But also, unfortunately now you can't really like afford to mess around unless things change when it comes to tuition which i don't know that it's gonna you hear that kids don't fuck around get your shit together get in get out fuck around after you get out and you know what man you're a parent i'm a parent now too and you know we um obviously we're gonna support our children in whatever they do and my wife and i discuss this all the time and we're gonna be like we're gonna we're, we're going to express the importance of like getting an education and um, doing that kind of stuff, but also being like, you guys, you got to take this shit seriously too. You know what I mean? I didn't, you know, that that's one of the things that I wish I had done better at. Um, I, I don't regret anything that I've, that I've done uh, because it's led me to this place that I'm in my life that I'm very happy in, but I do wish that I had, applied myself differently because I think I could have done some different things maybe, but, uh, that being the case here, I am, we're happy, healthy, everything's good. It's funny. I go through every now and again, I go through a, a thing where I'm, I'm bummed out that I didn't apply myself and I didn't go to college and I didn't get a degree. And there was a time where I actually considered, um, going back to school and everything. Like I was on a hiatus from work. I wasn't working. It was like, what do I do with my life? Like, all of these yeah. things, but you know, 
I don't know what else I would be doing. Right. Like I don't like I, I guess I would have taken more a higher education in terms of like film and television and production and maybe the the producing track or something. I don't know, but I don't know what I, I would go I don't know what I would do. I gotta you know, I don't know what more education in the in this particular field gets you other than like being a professor, I think. Well, yeah, I don't because I mean, to be honest with you, you know as well as I do that a degree or any kind of level of education doesn't mean jack shit in this industry. It's the one thing that I say to people all the time. The entertainment industry is the last industry where someone can literally start at the bottom in the mailroom, fetching coffee, putting meters in a car, in a, in a, putting, putting quarters in a meter for a car for an executive, whatever, where someone can start at the bottom and eventually it is very possible for them to be running the company. Sure. It's, it's still one of those places where you can literally still climb that way. Um, uh, but, and I will also say this, I think that while we're talking about, um, college and education, I do also respect the fact that that, that path isn't for everybody. You know what I mean? That's not something that I think is necessary for everybody. I don't think that it's something that everybody should be forced to do. You know, I think that um, if you have a passion for something else, if you have a passion for arts, if you have a passion for um, a trade that you're into, whatever the case may be, like those are all things that are valid and and worthwhile and things that are worth pursuing if it's something that you are passionate about and something that you really want. Like you shouldn't feel obligated or forced to do anything just because someone else did it or, you know, someone thinks you should do it. Like, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a good thing to explore all options, but you know, at the end of the day, like you have to do what's right for you and, you know, cause otherwise you're going to be miserable if you're just doing it for somebody else. Exactly. Like you got to just do what's best for you. And even if you don't know, um, it'll come, it'll yeah. come to you. Um, all right. Well, thank you for this chat. I really appreciate it, Cisco. Um, yeah, man. Let you want to hear some news? Do you want to talk about some news? Let's talk about what's happening Should in we this talk week's about? news. Ooh. Hey, Cisco, want to talk about some news? Hey, Steve-O, what's happening in this week's news? Uh, buddy, I know we've been talking about this movie for quite a while. We are huge fans of the original movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, we both bought sneakers damn well over a year ago to wear to the theater on the night of this movie coming out. Didn't get to do that, but did get to watch the movie. That movie is Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. Um, it came She's out on Amazon. Queen <laughs> to be. Um, it came out on Amazon last week. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to lie. Most people's reaction to this movie online were not positive. Um, however, I don't know about you. I didn't go into it. Ex I guess maybe I should say I went into it with very low expectations, but was excited to see it. And, uh, yes, it was like seeing a band that you hadn't seen in a long time, like play their three hits and, um, 
I, I but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the nostalgia part of it. I enjoyed seeing the band back together to do some bits. I didn't mind sort of the new uh, sort of 2021 lens of of the sequel. Um, overall, I had a good time with this movie. I understand why most people probably don't like it. Um, but I really enjoyed coming to America too. What about you? Uh, I was thoroughly entertained, man. My wife and I got to watch it together, which is something we don't get to do very often. Um, both of the girls went to sleep together and she happened to stay up and was like, Hey, I want to watch a movie. And I was like, let's watch a movie. She's like, Oh, I kind of want to watch either nomad land or, um, something else. I forget what the other one was. And hold I was on, like, hold on, hold on. And then all Cisco heard was <laughs> like, she mentioned two movies that I do want to see, but then I was like, <laughs> I was kind of thinking I really want to watch coming to America too. And then she's like, let's watch it. And I was like, okay, cool. So, we both enjoyed it. We both were entertained by it. Um, I a hundred percent agree with you. I didn't come into it with any kind of expectations. I didn't come into them with low expectations or, um, expectations of it being like the original or anything like that. Um, it is very typical of what Eddie Murphy's doing now. I think it's like an Eddie Murphy now movie. Um, but you know, it hit all those notes that I like. And then it also just has some moments that really had me laughing. So, um, listen, Leslie Jones like and it. that candle is worth pushing play. <laughs> Leslie Jones and the candles. Great. Uh, Tracy Morgan is just on point the entire time. Tracy Morgan is honestly never bad. Never. Tracy Morgan, you know Tracy Morgan me- can get me pregnant. This made me laugh. And I, this is something that I wouldn't have even necessarily thought of but now because you guys got me to watch top five, I was like all of the Tracy Morgan and Leslie Jones stuff in there in the Queens apartment made me feel like they were doing like a bit from top five. Same. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird, but funny. Um, I, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, Randy Watson thing at the end was great. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, it just had all the things that like, you know, what actually really made me laugh and like Stacy didn't get it was when his son is interviewing for the job yes. with the Duke descendant. Yes. The, uh, the, yeah, guy the guys from, from trading, yeah, it, the guy, and it's the guys from trading places, <laughs> the Dukes from trading yeah. places. Yeah. Yes. No, it's um, not the dude from workaholics. It's Colin Yost from weekend update on SNL. Oh, but it's the same guy that no, was it's in not. Top five, it's right? not the guy from Top Five, but looks like him. It's Colin Jost, married to Scarlett Johansson. Sure? Positive, married to Scarlett Johansson. I a million percent thought it was the same guy. No, I totally get it. Totally get. It. But the important part of what you're saying is, is it's the two brothers from Trading Places. But that whole bit was so funny. Which they have a cameo in Coming to America. Yes, and that's the yeah. that's the tie-in. So when I uh, when I was like, I paused it after that moment, and I was like, babe, you got to understand why this is funny. <laughs> And she's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, that that bit in particular, I, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, I had a good time with it. It looks like a lot of, I mean, it looks like if, if not a lot of people liked it, it apparently, it shattered streaming records for um, premiered weekends of a streaming movie in, in 2021. Uh, well, so, so far as beating like Wonder Woman and, and all of that stuff. It may be getting shit on by people, but you and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. 
and a good friend of ours of the show also enjoyed oh, it. Oh, Jermaine loved it. Jermaine loved it, and I think Jermaine also has the same opinion as as we do, which is that you know he went in sort of the same way we did, and and it 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 checked off the boxes it needed to check off, especially in twenty twenty one. Listen, I think that this movie is nostalgia part comedy filmmaking of like today in terms of studio comedy filmmaking. I think that this movie is no differently done than um, any Kevin Hart movie that's done today on this level. I think that there is a look to comedies right now, especially ones that are being done on streaming services like Netflix that I will admit feel like, listen, I think the production design in this is actually pretty good. I mean, the palace is actually Rick Ross's house um, in real life. Um, oh, that's why he's in the movie. Yeah, I think that. Oh my um, god, we were like, my my wife and I were like, what is Rick Ross doing in this movie? That's so random and weird. Yeah, I have to tell her that. Yeah, um, and the and and even the costuming designing that Ruth Carter did, who did the the the, the costumes for School Days that we did with Murs. Um, Dude, the costume, we're, the costume we're design is incredible this choreography is all wonderful right but but listen i think that this the, the commies say especially adam sandler movies they have the same sort of like look and lighting and they're shot very similar the same way this does and it's obvious that like it's done with a little bit of more of the little it's done on a budget um for studio comedy filmmaking and they're not getting huge budgets like they used to and listen um it's better than the last few Sandler movies that have come out on Netflix. It's, it's, I don't know, man, it's, I really enjoyed it. Apparently I saw a headline that, um, Eddie's already planning coming to America three. Well, he's got the story idea for three. Yeah. Yeah, Apparently I didn't see the story. I just saw the headline, but Amazon's claiming it's the number one streaming movie this weekend. Number one during the entire pandemic. Um, it beat out Raya this weekend. It beat out SpongeBob. Um, I gotta say, and I know I texted you this and I, I, I initially was like, wow, what a loss on Paramount. Like, cause Paramount originally made this movie and then they, they sold it off to Amazon early on in the pandemic. And then the thing comes out the same weekend that Paramount's launching their Paramount plus now, granted they launched with the new SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob, the SpongeBob movie sponge on the run. Um, but I thought, I, I thought initially, wow, what a missed opportunity, but I think more people have had Amazon prime and have it and it got more eyeballs as a result. Yeah. I think that, um, I don't think that this is the type of movie that will push people to subscribe to something, but it is something that people will watch if they are already to subscribe to something. I would make a terrible movie executive. Let me tell you. That's just my opinion. I like in no way would I ever like if this movie had come out on Paramount Plus, I would not have subscribed to Paramount Plus. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, we love that. Well, guess what? Los Angeles and Orange Counties can reopen movie theaters, theme parks this weekend, per Governor Newsom. Um, that's kind of crazy. You know, I was thinking about this today uh, because the news broke. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, obviously I've been thinking about it for a while and we've been talking about it for a while and I'm looking forward to going back to the theaters and Disneyland, especially obviously my wife and I talk about it all the time. Um, I was thinking about this in particular today and I was just like, I honestly don't see myself going out to a place that is very public like this 
without wearing a mask in again for the very near future. Like I, even if I have the vaccine, uh, even if you have the vax, even if I have the vaccine, I can't imagine not wearing a mask. And I'll tell you why. I haven't had more than a headache in over a year. Well, I was going to say, you got your guys' immune systems haven't been exposed to anything really. And, you know, you I, just put the kids back in school, right? Yeah. Have you and, gotten, you know, have you, have you gotten any sort of a tickle or anything? Cause I know when we put Harper back in, we got that daycare sludge and it freaked us out. We had, we got tested, we stayed home and it was just, it was, I'm we, knocking on wood right now. Yeah. No, we haven't gotten anything. The keep girls take, keep the, taking well, that zinc. Here's the thing. Our, our oldest is four. She's about to be five. She, uh, is the only one in school right now and they have to wear a mask. They wear a mask all day. All the kids do. And the class size is very small and they're super diligent about, um, whether or not the kids can come in. When you drop them off, they check their temperature. If you have a fever or even like a a low grade fever, they can't come in. So, um, so no, but you know, that being said, like the fact that we haven't gotten sick in over a year, like it's and in it, prior to that, it's gonna, it was at least a couple of times a year that each right. of, one Dude, of us. I remember. Of us I remember. Sick. I remember when we yeah. would be filming this show, and it'd be like, "God, Cisco, you're always like, you always got a little bug, and you're always like, kids, man, kids." Yeah, too. They they just petri dishes, man. Petri dishes. Um, well, I so, hope you know. I hope you don't get. Who knows sick. what's going to happen when uh, when our oldest starts kindergarten and we start our youngest, uh, into daycare. We'll see, but, um, everybody's eating each other's boogers. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But dude, like, like why wouldn't you wear a mask? Honestly? I mean, I'm telling you right now, I feel like I'm so stoked. Cause it definitely looks like light at the end of the tunnel. I'm so thankful. Both my parents, they've got their, they've both got both the full vaxes already. Um, I'm excited because you know, the CDC put out that, you know, if they've had the vax and it's been the time since afterwards and their second dose, like grandparents can start to see their kids and this and that. And so like we, you know, we haven't seen my parents for a while, like a while, like a long time since very early on in the pandemic. And, um, you know, they haven't gotten to see their granddaughter. So I'm really stoked on that. And I, I definitely feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I definitely feel like people are, because there's that light, a lot of people I feel like are just like, great, we're good. And we're going out. Like I, I'm honestly like, I don't like being locked up. I want to get out just as much as everyone else, but I'm not going to lie. It, I feel like, shouldn't we wait a little bit longer before we start opening up everything? Shouldn't we wait yeah. just a little bit longer? Like I get yeah. it, but like, yeah, you know, and I understand like, like there's, there's financial incentives for a lot of the schools to open up right now from the federal government. There's, there's all kinds of stuff and we don't have to get down that road. Um, but I'm with you. I don't think that Amber, I think Amber and I will be wearing, even with a vax, we'll be wearing masks for a while. Yeah. Like if you we're going to go to Disneyland, I'd be like, I like a disgust it with my wife, obviously, but I'd be yeah. like, I kind of want to wear a mask. Well, and, and they've, we been, have, they've been wearing we have KN95s and right. it's like, they're, it's easy to breathe in them right. when you're you oh, know, I'm walking used, around. I'm totally used to wearing, wearing my mask. I think it's one of those things where like, there's other countries that have been wearing masks like this for decades. Exactly. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind that. I, I can work with it. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But um, according to this thing, it's been pushed up. Um, in fact, um, 
Disney CEO Bob Chappick, uh, he announced on an earnings call um, that Disneyland would reopen in late April. Movie theaters are allowed to reopen at 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is less. Outdoor live events like sports and concerts are allowed to reopen at 20 capacity. That includes suites at 25% occupancy. No more than three households gathered in a suite. Um, And Newsom says that Southern California, we will be the beneficiary of this. Um, specifically, LA will be a big beneficiary of this new metric that likely will be met on Friday and moving through the weekend and into next week. You will see more activity, more loosening up of the tiers. Not going to lie. I did read before we started recording tonight that there's enough signatures now and that it's looking like we will have a recall vote on our Governor <laughs> Newsom uh, coming this year. Um, so yeah, movie theaters are opening up. Uh, we got WandaVision. We, we, we finished up WandaVision. What do we think? Yo, man. Um, big fan of the show. (laughs) Did it meet all of like, I don't know what expectations you really had, but like, did it, did it, was it satisfying? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, um, I try, I'm trying to view the show as a, as a whole as opposed to just like bits and pieces each episode. Um, the the finale had some of the trappings that like a lot of these things kind of run into, which is the, like the big CGI fight that like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not like a huge fan of, you know, especially when you have a show like this, which is operating on a much smaller budget. And obviously some of these things are like, just, they don't look as great as they would in a movie, you know, like I'm not a big fan of Catherine Hahn just kind of like hanging out in a rig in, in the middle of the sky for like, half the show looks weird. Um, but that being said, those things that are small, um, small complaints in my, in my eyes and don't affect my enjoyment at all because the performances by Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany throughout the entire show have been phenomenal. In my opinion, they have, they have done something with two characters that I didn't care about at all prior to this show that I didn't think was possible. Um, now I want more Wanda and vision than I want more Steve Rogers or, (laughs) or Thor or anyone else. Like I want to see them more because their characters are so much more interesting and layered to me now because of this show. Um, I didn't get caught up in the, obviously we had speculation and we, you know, we we were throwing out just as many theories as everybody else, but I didn't ever attach my enjoyment of the show to those things. So when they didn't happen, I didn't care. Um, and, uh, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm, and I'm honestly in a weird way, excited to revisit it after a little bit of time to like, just go through it again because I think it's so good. Like just the, the weird, the weirdness of the first half of the show, you know, the, the kind of like the balls that it took to even do that. Oh yeah. It's just so impressive to me. Yeah, no, I, hands down. I agree. I think it's, it's great. Um, I, I, you, I've been raving about this and saying it's probably one of my favorite Marvel things ever and it's again and i've say this all the time it's no secret 
I don't hate Marvel. I don't dislike Marvel. I just don't have the level of enthusiasm with Marvel that say you and Alex have with it. Like it's not my end all be all. Um, sure. But I, I go see them. I enjoy them. I think I own almost all of them. Um, I'm not necessarily as invested as you guys are. However, I was really invested with this from the get go. And, and I loved the nod to all the different eras of television um, I loved the way the story was being told. I loved the weirdness of it. What is going on? All of that stuff. I will say the last two episodes of it is where it turns into a, in my opinion, and this is not a bad thing. And I don't know where else the story could have gone other than this natural progression of where, what they did with it. Um, but to me, the last two episodes is where it turns into your typical Marvel what what you expect from a Marvel sort of movie or, or production. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just not my thing. Um, sure. that's valid for and, sure. And, um, but again, I don't have any better explanation as to what I think should have happened or where it should have gone or anything, because I think this is sort of the natural progression of the story they were telling from episode one, you know? Um, and like you, I may not have loved the final two episodes. They weren't my favorite of the series. However, I'm just now as invested in these two characters. I gave two shits about mm-hmm. more so than I am like the, the top line characters of the Avengers and, and in, in everything. So I'm really excited for where phase four is going to go. Oh man, I'm even more excited for Monica and Jimmy Woo. Well, going I, same. And I, I do have one question for you and I may have missed it. I don't understand where Monica got her powers from. So the way that they explained it is that, um, you know, she, how she found her way into the hex, what they called the hex, the town. Um, she got, she came from outside the hex. So it wasn't like she lived in the town. She entered the hex. She entered the hex. So she went through it. Then Wanda kicked her out of it. Then she went back in it again and Darcy explained to her that going through that thing fucked with her cells and started changing her. There's been some speculation as to whether or not that's going to make her a mutant, quote unquote. I don't think she's a mutant in the comic books. So I don't think that that's necessarily, I think she gets her powers from like some radiation or whatever. Um, But that's what gave her the powers was like the, going through the hex multiple times kind of like fucked with her because then she goes through it a third time. And the third time is when her powers like really start. That's when she starts to get the real powers. Okay. Okay. Next question. Does the Evan Peters second reveal, does it take away from the first reveal with him? No, I think it's a great geek. And does it make you feel like, Oh, we, we, it's not opening up the universe to include the X-Men and all of that stuff. Or do you think that's still very much a possibility? (laughs) The X-Men are coming. Okay. Bet on it. Okay. It might not happen as soon as we thought it would because of this. Like, I think there was, you know, obviously we all thought like, Oh, Evan Peters is going to open up the multiverse and blah, blah, blah. But the, you can count on the fact that the X-Men will be coming <laughs> eventually. I mean, it's like they own it. Why wouldn't it? X-Men, Fantastic Four, all of those Fox properties, Marvel will be doing them. Um, 
We just might not get them in the next year or two. Might be like three or four. Now let's let's get some speculation again, even though we know we're going to be wrong. How do we think this this and Wanda plays all into Doctor Strange and the the multiverse? Well, it's a direct lead into direct Doctor Strange too. They already said that. So, um, but in your you know, think- in your opinion, based off of what we've seen so far with Wanda and everything, like in mm-hmm. your knowledge of Doctor Strange. Uh, do you have any sort of speculation on? All I can base it on is the fact that the sh- the Doctor Strange movie is something is called like Madness in the Multiverse, um, and her fucking went around with that book uh, at the end is an indication of like she's gonna start doing some shit she probably shouldn't be doing in true Wanda fashion. In true Wanda fashion, exploring and expanding on her chaos magic, so. Um, she's fully the Scarlet Witch now. Obviously, that's gonna play some some roles going forward. And she's we we already know for sure she's gonna play a big role in in Doctor Strange too. And you know whether or not that's gonna make her the antagonist, I I would lean more towards that. Um, I've never viewed Wanda as a villain or a bad guy, quote unquote. Um, but there have been multiple times where she is an antagonist and that's a very likely possibility for what's going to be happening in, in Dr. Strange too. Um, and if that leads into something, well, we already know that secret invasion is coming and you know, that scene with, uh, with Monica and the scroll at the end obviously is going to lead into that. But, you know, I think that there is some, there's some fandom, uh, some fan fans are hopeful for house of M eventually. And I think that would be a lot of fun. What is see. that? House of M is the, what everybody thought this show was going to lead towards, which is when Wanda fully breaks gotcha. and creates this alternate reality, um, which ends in her kind of like wiping out half of, or not even half, but the majority of all the mutants and only leaves a a handful of mutants left. Um, People were hoping that like this show would end with the sort of reverse house of M, which is her saying like bringing the mutants in. So that didn't happen, but um, it's just, it's, it's the story where Wanda becomes the, like the real, real broken Wanda that people have been looking forward to, I think. And gotcha. I think that could be really interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, March 18th is around the corner. Are we excited for Falcon and the winter soldier? I am now. Or is it winter soldier and the Fal- Falcon? I think it's Falcon and the winter. Soldier. That sounds better. Rolls off the tongue better. Yeah. Uh, I am much more excited about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I know I, I anticipate that to be much, although I'm anticipating that to be more in terms of my, what I was saying about your standard Marvel kind uh-huh. of a thing. But I am, I saw that they revealed like some of the one sheets for the characters. And I got to say, I think the Baron Zivon, I think his name is. No, it's uh Baron, uh, Baron Zemo. Zemo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought he looks cool with his mask and, and all it's of the that. same actor, right? Yeah. It's the From, same actor. Uh, Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah. Same dude that was also in Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that. March 18th. I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's a funny thing because that character in the comic books, like everybody was like, Oh, Zemo is going to be in winter soldier. And like, is he going to wear the mask? And it's like, that mask is so dumb looking in the comic books and like seeing him with it for the show, pulling it off. I'm like, yo, if they can do that, 
they can do anything. Yeah. No, they, they, they pulled it off. I think it's good. Hey, Cisco, where can the people at home find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram with uh, the handle Cisco Kid with two D seventy seven. Nice, and you can find me. I'm Steve uh, at Rex Manning on Twitter, and you can look me up on Letterboxd. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for the talk this week, Cisco. I really appreciate it. Um, and I guess we'll see you next time on BSR later. guys i'm here at pixar i'm about to go in uh start working on a collaboration project with pixar just kidding man i don't play that soft little baby shit man that's satan all day that evil satan stuff heavy metal shit man i don't fuck around with a little baby shit